This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. When you're in the mood for spicy, filling, comforting food, you can't really go wrong with Chinese. And perhaps few combos are as memorable as chili chicken and fried rice. But did you know that the Chinese food we are so fond of in India is a combination of the two cuisines, far from authentic Chinese? And it was born right here in Kolkata. James Liao is a 52-year-old lion dance teacher whose cousin owns a popular restaurant in Tangra, also known as New Chinatown. There's no such thing called chili chicken in Chinese food. Like, you know, it's all made in uh, Indian Chinese food. Chili chicken is Indian Chinese food. It's not really the, the Hakka Chinese food. And uh, all made in here. Uh, I don't know uh, really who started, but of course, like, you know, if you want to make a Chinese food in, in, in India, of course, you have to match the Indian taste. So that's how it starts changing a little bit more. Hi, I am Surya Tapa Mukherjee, reporting for this episode of the Suno India Show. This is the second episode of my mini-series Chinatown Feeding, in which I speak to the dwindling Chinese-Indian community in Kolkata. In this episode, I explore Chinese food. The rise of Chinese-Indian cuisine across the country as well as the disappearing authentic Chinese cuisine that the immigrant community still holds dear. In 1920, the Huang family that migrated from the Moyen village in southern China opened a restaurant called Yu Chu in Kolkata. It started as a low-cost tiffin place for the Chinese immigrants in Kolkata. They served cutlets and pork chops for the European clients in British India. Then, in 1924, Nanking Restaurant opened up serving Cantonese food that reportedly went on to attract Bollywood stars Raj Kapoor and Dilip Kumar, besides a host of other Indians and Europeans living in the city. New restaurants mushroomed all over Kolkata and legends like Fat Mama and Kim Fa were born offering newer dishes with fancier combinations and names. Several other Chinese-owned restaurants would open up over the following years in Bombay and Madras too. But it was in Kolkata where the cuisine would begin to evolve, catering more to Indian tastes. Lawrence Ho came to Kolkata as a child with his family after they were released from the desert prison camp in Deoli, Rajasthan. They had been arrested from their home in Jalpaiguri for being Chinese under the Draconian Defense of India Act in the aftermath of the Sino-Indian War of 1962. Having lost everything, they do not have the means to go out to eat much, but the 72-year-old remembers there were fewer restaurants back then. It was mostly small eateries and street food. So every some different different person used to make some used to make pao some used to make siu mai some hakao 
So there's a timing for this thing that this gentleman will take out this hakao, uh, taipao at eight o'clock, something like that. So everybody now coming out and everybody goes and buy over there. The whole night is to go around. And if you don't know that one, when the China, uh, Chinatown and the pig, Chinatown never used to sleep. You know, like a New York never sleep. Chinatown was like that. It doesn't sleep. We were there. There was not too many restaurants. There was some restaurants, small, small restaurants there. Uh, people, yeah, uh, Chinese, but very good food, you know, home food and all the things there. So people who are working and all those have, they used to go and eat uh, the thing. Otherwise, at that time, the people were very poor, never think of buying. Eating outside. Now the outside food, my grandson saying now, I want to eat outside food. I don't want to eat with. Like that, they will not think of anything like that. That time, what is the father, mother giving you cook? That one you eat. In the years following the war in 62, discrimination against people of Chinese descent continued. Deprived of free movement and dismissed from jobs in private and government enterprises, the only occupations that remained open for the Chinese in Kolkata were the restaurant business, tanning and shoemaking. Tangra is a region in East Kolkata that traditionally housed a large number of tanneries owned by people of Hakka Chinese origin from the time of British rule. Working with rawhide was looked down on in upper caste Hindu society so they had to set up their tannery businesses around Tangra, which was an area of marshlands on the outskirts of the city. Most of the standing structures here have been built by the industrious Hakka Chinese people upon marshy and reclaimed low-lying land. They gradually turned this part of Kolkata into an important destination for sourcing finished and semi-finished leather. It grew to be a major industry of Bengal, providing employment to tens of thousands of local inhabitants. The restaurants they established in Tangra incorporated techniques to make food more appealing for Indian customers, notably using a lot more chilli. Some flavours, such as a blend of garlic, ginger, soy sauce and red chilli sauce, are commonly accepted as Chinese. The appearance and texture of Chinese food with Indian masala and ingredients made for a cuisine that became an instant favourite. It is this version of Hakka Chinese food that is now famous across the country. When Chinese people began fleeing from India after the war, they carried this unique cuisine with them across the globe. Lawrence Ho illustrates the point with a story all the way from Canada. I tell you one the story very nicely. To my distinct knowledge, in Canada and all, they went over there, Chinese from the Hakka Chinese and all, they went, Hakka uh, Chinese from the, uh, here, they went over there, opened the Chinese shop. Very nice story, and even the Chinese, mainland China people, they also opened up. So that, that area, Markan or something like that in Canada, you know, that area, there's a maximum Indians, Pakistanis that stay over there. Now this Calcutta Chinese restaurant is running very nicely. The other one, 
Now you tell me why. Because Calcutta Chinese, they are making food as per the Indian, Asian, Asian taste. Spices, little bit spicy and all like a Calcutta food. So they like that one, they go over there. Mainland China is very blunt and all. So nobody goes over there. Nelson Wang, the son of Chinese immigrants in Kolkata, is often credited with the creation of the now ubiquitous Chicken Manchurian. He moved to Bombay in the 70s and worked as an assistant cook at a Taj restaurant, Frederick's. One day, he mixed garlic, ginger and green chilies, quintessentially Indian ingredients, with soy sauce and cornstarch to thicken the gravy. And the rest is culinary history. Monica Liu, one of the well-known restaurateurs in Tangra, now owns five restaurants across the city. As a child, she too was held in the Rajasthan prison camp for years with her family. After her wedding, her husband's shoemaking business did not fare well. So she opened her first restaurant, Kim Ling, in 1991 in Tangra to support her children. But she was routinely harassed by goons demanding free food and trying to take advantage of her new business. This was even before Chinese people were allowed naturalized citizenship in 1998. Here she is speaking at Mojo Stories We the Woman event in Kolkata. I force them, they have to pay. I say I'm not I am not stealing from anybody. This is my heart, hard work and money. You have to pay. If they don't pay, then I'm like a Bruce Lee, more than the Bruce Lee, fighting for, back for the earning. So this is happening for so many years in Kemling. It's very difficult also. I That time, for one year, I really want to give up. But then I determined that, no, I should try my best. Then slowly, slowly, I get come to know so many people. And you know, Bengali people, they are not bad. They are very good. But, see, you can't say everyone is good. Some of them, maybe they, they know that you are new in this line, so they come and harass you. The Bruce Lee avatar she speaks of earned her the nickname Dawn of Chinatown. I went to her restaurant Beijing in Tangra to speak to her, but unfortunately she was out of town. Tangra is still a favorite spot for Bengalis looking for good hearty Chinese food and liquor at affordable prices. I ordered a half portion of sweet corn soup. When the waiter came back with two bowls for me and my friend, I thought he got the order wrong. But it was in fact only a half portion of the soup. This is to give you an idea of the portion sizes. And it doesn't burn a hole in your pocket. A 1995 report of the National Environmental Engineering Research Institute found that chrome-based tanning among Kolkata tanners with inappropriate wastewater drainage and collection systems was causing serious environmental, health and hygiene problems. The report indicated that the highly congested habitations offered little or no scope for future expansion modernization or installation of effluent treatment plants. A 1996 Supreme Court order directed these and other inner-city tanners to shut shop and relocate to the Bantala 
leather complex 15 kilometers away from Kolkata. This was the next great blow to the Chinese community after the war and it led to another exodus. James Liao's family had a tannery business in Tangra. After the order, they gradually shifted their business to Bantala. Now James teaches lion dancing in their old tannery building. Um, and when did this tannery close? It's like, no, the four, I think 2004 or five. I'm not sure, like, no, the, like, during that time, like, no, few years, like, few years we started, it, it started, like, you know, they started cutting off our electricity line and, uh, yeah. They, they used to come, uh, they cut it twice, like, you know, first time they cut it and like, you know, we, we got it back illegally and then the second time they cut it off, then, then, then we took off our, like, uh, four, four, 440 lines and then we reapplied the domestic line. This, this is domestic line. So I think around 2004 or 2005, I'm not sure. Like, see, of course, it's not easy for, for the, for one tannery to shift to other place where you know you have to buy a plot number one number two you have to shift all the machine from Tangra to Bantala so it takes a lot of time and lots of effort to shift you know then like you know you have to borrow money and you know the government is not helping us to shift they just say you go there's a plot you go and buy and you you shift there that's why like, a lot of people don't have enough like you know to what do you call that uh that's a that's a reason that's one of the reason also a lot of people can't afford like if they can afford it they change their their tannery into a restaurant and some they don't want to do a restaurant they don't want to like they they, they can't afford to shift so they they they, they prefer to leave so that's also one of the reasons lots of uh uh chinese left in tangra you'll find more chinese people than in tirati bazaar but not too many. Chinese restaurants, however, seem to be everywhere. With traditional Chinese paintings and patterns, they signal to customers from afar with bright lights and that unmistakable shade of red. KK is a 62-year-old chef I found in Tereti Bazaar's Siep Club. He says Chinatown is no more. It exists in these media stories now more than in reality. Before, about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it's a real Chinatown. You can see in 10 people, 9 people are Chinese. Now, 10 Indian and 10 people, 9 Indian, 1 Chinese. Now there is no more China, no more Chinatown now. But this one only you can see in the YouTube. That's why the, the people, the, all the media, or you can say, who want to get experience, or who is on study on the media, they are interested to come here and want to know about the story. Many landmark Chinese eateries like Nanking, Waldorf, Peeping, Fat Mama, Kimfa, Shanghai have closed or changed hands. KK says that the Chinese food of those years have disappeared. First, now there is no more Chinese restaurant here, no more Chinese restaurant. People have many Chinese restaurants, just like you can say Kimba, whatever, whatever, many restaurants. 
Shanghai, Warsaw. That is the honor, it's the Chinese. Now, they also went to the abroad, some die already, some uh, retire already, then there is no choice. But actually now, you can see in the footpath, you can get the chow mein. It just become a common food. Just like a dal bhat. Anywhere you can see. Now, even Dalbanga people, the one who, you can say as a coolie, as a rickshawala, all the son, the son, they will learn some Chinese cooking, they become a chef. But bullshit. Yes. That's why Chinese people are not, no more demand, no more demand. If you are boss, he's Indian, I'm Chinese. Chinese, you can say cook, you can say chef, now no demanding. Because, for example, if I want to work, I said 30,000 salary. 30,000, if you are boss, in 30,000 you can hire poor person. Chinese, only the name, name plate. Some owner, he don't care of the skin. For the business, he need more cheaper labor. If I demand 30,000, he demands 10,000. Who would you suggest? The cheaper one. That's all. Like he says, I haven't seen many Chinese people in these Chinese restaurants. KK works as a Chinese chef at a five-star restaurant, but in China, what a twist. He couldn't find a well-paying job in India as a Chinese chef, but it worked out in the country his ancestors left behind all those years ago. But he doesn't feel at home there, and he comes back to India for long vacations whenever he can afford to. The difference is, you go abroad, first of all, you are alone. In case of anything happen, nobody knows. So we have to get together with Chinese, China people. So, example, I mean, the one you, you work together, you can, you have to be a friendship with them. But you know, in case you came to, you went to abroad for, for money, not entertainment. In case anything happen, who is going to help you? Not like India, you, everybody thinking not the same. In India, if you don't have money, you can come. If you don't cook or you don't have money, we can help each other, we can cooperate. You want to come to my house to eat, I can, can come. In typical time, you can help me, I can help you. But in abroad, I don't have this kind of story. we've been exploring the development of Chinese Indian cuisine, but I'm curious, what do Chinese people eat at home? Lawrence answers. Practically, you tell you one thing, we eat pork every day. Our lunch, evening, we eat. We were very poor that time also, we used to buy very little bit, but one or two pieces like that eat. Now also we eat like that. Pork is very well, but very blunt, not bad this thing. In fact, you know, spicy. there's no question of spicy. 
See, in fact, if you go to China on the thing on on many places, you eat no many Indian will not like at all. James likes the Chinese food cooked at home better. I prefer eating home Chinese food than the restaurant Chinese food. Home Chinese food is more like a steam, uh, boiled steam, no spice. And you eat chicken, it tastes like chicken. You eat fish, it tastes like fish. You can get a smell of fish, you get a smell of chicken. So, more, uh, like, you know, you get the taste of the, what actually is, not the spice, taste of the spice. So that's my, like, I think the most Chinese, uh, way of eating. You can't do a story about Chinese food in Kolkata without going for the Chinese breakfast in Tireti Bazaar early in the morning. It is a remnant of Chinese street food vendors selling a more authentic Chinese fare back in the day. Taming Lepcha is in her 70s now. She and others sit with pre-cooked dumplings, buns, sticky rice and noodles. And she heats them up in huge pots and pans as customers line up. Oh, chicken Thai Pao or Chia Su Pao, Fish Sumai Prawn Sumai, Chicken Mamu or Pork Mamu Mera Istop Bud Gya. Hey, sticky rice, right? Or kya banayega? Or tausa pao, halwa pao ne? Tausa pao bolta Chinese me. Though people start trickling in from 5 a.m., it is mainly at around 8 that crowds show up. Tourists and locals make their way to the famed breakfast market from miles away. By 9 or 10 a.m., the wares are empty and the lines disappear. when she was 30 years old, her husband passed away. It was then that she took over his work of making and selling Chinese breakfast. With the money she earned, she was able to support her daughter. Now her daughter lives in Taiwan with her husband. She has no one in her family now, except some nephews who visit occasionally and her sister's husband who comes to the market to help her. She says that like her daughter, her neighbours are gone too. And in the Chinese market, the majority of the sellers now are non-Chinese. Chinese 
ये लोग इंडियन है कैसा मिलेगा कहा हम तो खाया नहीं यहाँ पे खाने अच्छा बिक जाता है अच्छा कमाई हो जाता है बिक जाता है कोई जगह तो नहीं मिलता ना यही तो मिलता है टरेटी बाजार टरेटी बाजार चाइनीज मार्केट बोलता नाम है But Tenzing, a 65-year-old Chinese man in Tiretti Bazaar, is not impressed by the Chinese breakfast food. You don't get good Chinese food anymore. The original Chinese people are still here, but those people who used to make, most of them, I think, have passed away, and the youngsters they have left. The food is not as good as I would like them to be. Tenzing's own children live away. His daughter is in Mumbai and his son is in the U.S. I asked him, "What is the dish that he misses the most?" It's a dim sum. Dim sum is absolutely rubbish now, but people still come here to eat. I don't know what they come. I ne I never eat Chinese dim sum anymore. Already like more than twenty, thirty years, I've stopped eating. It's terrible. Yeah, I I can't understand. I mean, for them, it's. They haven't tasted the uh, the real stuff, so they don't know the difference between good and bad. So they come and eat. Tenzing is a regular at Tireti Bazaar's last remaining mahjong spot at Li Hing Club. He loves playing mahjong, but his favorite mahjong memories have more to do with food. I used to go to another mahjong club that was about forty years ago. Then that one closed, so I came started coming here. Here, I think it's twenty years maybe. In the other club, we used, I used to go. It was good. That that was fun. Here is okay, but uh, not like before. There we used to have like uh, somebody will be cooking uh, food. He was not a uh, like paid cook or anything. He just he used to cook. We used to eat a lot of things there. Twice a week, once a week, somebody will bring something like crab or duck or a uh, lot of things. And they used to cook. It was fun. Be, everybody eat together. Here it doesn't happen. Here, maybe two times a year it happens. There it used to happen every week. The unique Chinese Indian food born in Kolkata. Has made waves from Mumbai to Canada. This creation of Chinese Indians has been a gift for Indian palates and culture. But for the Chinese here, good authentic food, like most of their culture, is lost to history and resides now only in memory. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now.